can't be a, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there is no neighborhood. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Under the Cull of MS. Today I am going to talk about another book that I picked up at sale for a few dollars. Surprisingly, since it is a newer book. And it is Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Spider-Man from Marvel Comics. It uh, looks like they have a variety variety of these collected editions. They got a Miles Morales one. They got a Spider-Gwen. A Fearsome Foes. But yeah, there's some nice artwork in here. Let me give you a little synopsis from the back cover. Spider-Verse is full of Spider-Men and women, girls, robots, even pigs. Every world has its own wall crawler, and these are some of the most amazing. When Peter Parker, the, the original Spider-Man, journeys to the ultimate universe, he finds himself face-to-face -face with another Aunt May, a young Gwen Stacy, and an all-new web-slinger, Miles Morales. Elsewhere, venture into the dark world of Spider-Man Noir and watch as he faces the smoke and mirrors of the magnificent Mysterio. But you've never seen anything like Spider, or its pilot, Penny Parker. Things take a hammy turn as Peter Porker, Spider-Ham, celebrates his 25th birthday. Who invited the Swinester Six? This is collecting Spider-Man number 4 to 5, Edge of Spider-Verse number 1 and 5, and material from Spider-Ham 25th Anniversary Special Number 1. Written by Brian Michael Bendis, David Hine, Fabrice Olsky, Gerard Way, Tom DeFalco, and Tom Pyre. And illustrated by Sarah Pacelli, Richard Zanov, Jake Wyatt, Jacob Chabot, and Agnes Garbowska. Complicated names. All right. Uh, yeah. Nice artwork. Standard art, Marvel artwork. Uh, yeah. The variety of stories, the variety of characters. Each story has different characters that Peter comes across. Yeah, a little beginning file that gets you up to date on the Amazing Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, previous things that happened and stuff. And Peter comes and it's an alternate universe, of course, a bunch of different alternate universes, which I enjoy that philosophy compared to time travel. I just don't. Alternate universes can work right, but time travel, I just do not agree with or understand or see it all because even if one person invents time travel and does something, goes back in time to fix something or whatever, if one person can do it, anybody can do it. That means if you change something, someone else can go back and change it again and go back and change it again. And it's just stupid. It makes no sense at all. So time travel. And there's a couple that they've done all right. 
I like the serious sliders and stuff like that, but that it's not really time travel either. That's alternate dimensions, alternate universes. That's why I like that. But there are some people that do do the time travel okay, but it just still makes no sense because no matter what they just did, someone could go back and change the whole thing. So the null and void, it just it's dumb plot philosophy wise and just philosophically or whatever you wanna say, but it just makes no sense to me. I like the alternate universes way better. Yeah, Peter shows up in this universe and Aunt May and Gwen Stacy are there. They don't believe it's really him and Miles Morella steps in and Says yes, this is real. This is happening. Uh, in this world, Tony Stark's still a raging alcoholic, and you got Samuel Jackson uh, playing uh, style. Uh, I can't think today. Figured I'd get this podcast out <laughs> before I go do my work, so I don't have a bunch of sound all down and stuff. I figured yesterday I was all bummed and down. I figured be a little more upbeat, but uh, yeah, you got the characters in here and stuff, and then. Peter meets up some more people, and of course, Shield comes to pick him up and find out why he's there, and figure out what they can do to fix things. And Nick Fury, I was trying to think of. But yeah, it's like this one panel has cracked me up because you got Samuel Jackson's style Nick Fury in this one with the eye patch and everything. And it says, uh, yeah, Miles Morales says, hey, do they have a Nick Fury where you come from? Talking to Peter. And Peter says, oh, yeah. And Nick Fury's like, yeah, what's he like? <laughs> Peter says, uh, white. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But, yeah, you had the fun banter between the characters, of course. Iron Man, Nick, Peter, Miles Morales, Thor comes in and stuff. All these are based on the Mysterio aspect of it. The second story goes in. More Mysterio and all the characters getting together from the Avengers and... Then you see some Mysterio uses some of his gases to play with their minds, and you see like Tony's seeing all the Avengers dead, and he couldn't do nothing about it. Nick's seeing his, his city destroyed. Peter's sitting there seeing Aunt May taken out by Doc Ock. Miles Morales sees Deadpool standing over his family. 
for a dead while he's holding the sword. I like how you get a little bit more in-depth with each of the characters. Because the only way I've seen the characters originally was the Spider-Man movie, the into the Spider-Verse movie. And this one, I like how it gets a little deeper on Spider-Man Noir. Shows a little bit different ver- different aspects of him, some other things from his life. And, uh, yeah, Kingpin and stuff in here. Then it gets into Spider, the Asian manga version of Spider-Man. I really like how they got into Penny Parker a little bit more because I want I was hoping I could find a separate storyline or something more explaining her. Only difference is, is the robot's totally different from the movies. So it's like, you wonder why they went with a different version and stuff. And then they come up with this and it's different. So why wouldn't you keep it all somewhat relative? But gives you a little bit more of a concept of the spider and any how they work. And it's, Kind of interesting because when she originally gets the spiders, the billet, well, the her and the spider meet, I should say. She's worried that spider's going to bite her, and they're like, it's not going to bite bite you unless you let it. So I think that's kind of kind of unique because that way she can work with the spider. They they can basically talk to each other, and she can. Spider's highly intelligent and helps her with the the robot and all that stuff. And but yet that concept of her worrying about being bitten and being told that he won't bite you unless you want him to bite you, I think that's a nice little thing because down the road you can sit there and do that with the storyline where she's in some serious trouble and finally she just says, "Has the spider bite her?" and then she'll get other superpowers from it. So, Spider Ham versus the Swineser, Swinester Six it was a fun story. I personally, I enjoyed this more than the Spider Ham run that I recently read not long ago. But if you like Spider Man, you like the Spider Verse into the Spider-Verse and stuff, want a little bit more to it. These look like great books to check out. Uh, this one was great. I didn't know that there was different ones. It doesn't say give like a version number on the side or anything like that. But yeah, I would definitely check out some more of those. Alright. Yeah, like I said, I got Hopefully be able to finish off the weed whacking on the tree line today. I got about hoping I can get it all done in, on one battery charge. If not, I'll have to charge the battery up and finish off the last little bit, either late tonight or tomorrow, and it takes forever for that stupid battery to charge up. I figure get that done and I don't know, I think I'm gonna try and burn some of the brush today with the wind or not. I don't care. It's like it's supposed to Drop 20 degrees overnight tonight. 
gonna be a cold one, colder tomorrow. So, here tomorrow I'll mow the lawn. That way I can just do it when it's not so warm, and I'll have to wear the hoodie and stuff. But yeah, I think I'll wait till then to mow. Let's do the weed whacking today, and maybe some burning. But uh. This time of year, my tremors start to act up a lot more. Uh, and, you know, not everybody deals with tremors, but some people do, and so yeah, can be the hardest one to date was after a fish fry I had to work. I got home and I had about a six-hour bout with complete body shakes and just. Figured it was from cold because this was before I got diagnosed with MS. Years before it. But uh just assumed that it was from the cold outside because it was February. But put like six blankets on me, a heating pad and underneath the blankets and all that. And it wasn't doing nothing. It actually was a stupid thing to do because I didn't know I had MS at the time. So all that heat just made the tremor, tremors worse. I get tremors whenever I'm around a group of people and I'm speaking a lot and my brain's highly active, then my body will go into full body tremors. I'll get those the arm tremors and stuff like that. But this time of year, it seems to be more prevalent for me, at least. Wintertime, fall, all that. But... And those tremors experienced by people with multiple sclerosis are often characterized by a shaky voice, which, yeah, I get that, a rhythmic shaking affecting the arms and hands, and less commonly the legs, head, and torso. Yeah, I, I either get full body or it's in the arms. Uh, Difficult the holding or controlling a pen, spoon, or other tool or utensil. I didn't really consider that tremors, but yeah, I've got that where I'll be trying to write and also my hand will drop to the side or shake or have jerking, have its own little jerking motions and stuff. That's why I had a quit tattooing. I'm trying to get my get back in the drawing, but it's just you can't pull a Straight line, no matter how hard you try, and where you start doing something, you're doing good, and all of a sudden it just goes all wanky. Or I'll be filling out forms at a counter or something, they're writing something, and all of a sudden my hand just goes aside, the words start combining, my hand stops working, I can't even write at all. It's, well, I guess they consider those. Tremor effects also. Tremors affect between 25 to 50% of people with MS. Severe tremors may affect up to 15% of people with MS. Thankfully, I don't have them permanently. They're bad enough when they do come on. I just pretty much curl up under a blanket and just sit there shaking away and suffer it out, try and hide from the world. What causes these for most people with MS tremors are usually caused by brain lesions, specifically in the cerebellum, 
and damaged areas called plaques along the nerve pathway that are involved with coordinating movement, which obviously I get. A lot of my brain lesions are in those areas because of all the trouble with my gait and everything else. Same plaques sometimes also result in other symptoms such as dysphagia, which is difficulty swallowing, or dysarthia, which is difficulty speaking, which I have both of those. It's always fun when you're sit there and all of a sudden totally forget how to swallow or breathe and you start choking, suffocating. It's just so weird. It's just, you know, brain just is crazy how it can just totally just something go wrong and it can totally forget everything you know. Types of tremors, you got a resting tremor, which occurs when they're shaking, even when a body part is at rest. For example, a person may be sitting comfortably with their hands resting in their lap, but their fingers shake. There's action tremors, which occurs when a muscle is being voluntarily moved. For example, a person may be reaching to pick up a glass of water and their hand starts to shake. There are a number of subclassifications of action tremors, including intention tremor. They're associated with physical movement. There's no shaking when a person is at rest. But a tremor develops and becomes more pronounced as they attempt to make a precise movement, as such as shifting a foot or hand to a specific spot. Postural tremors, which these are associated with moving or supporting against gravity, such as a tremor that develops while standing or sitting, but not while lying down. Nystagmus, which these are associated with jumpy eye movements, which... Yeah, I guess. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, our facial tremors and stuff like that. They'll get that or just one eye just starts going crazy or cheekbone will start bouncing up and down. Yeah. It just didn't really consider, but yeah, there's a lot of other tremors I have that I didn't really think about. Now, <laughs> I'm reading about this, but Ways to treat it, you can do lifestyle changes, avoid stress, get enough rest, avoid caffeinated drinks, physical and occupational therapy, uh, teaching exercises for coordination and balance, recommending stabilizing braces in certain cases, demonstrating how to use weights to compensate for tremors, reaching new ways of performing daily activities that MS tremors might make challenging. Medications, they have beta blockers such as propanolol, which is Indorol. They have anti-anxiety meds such as Busparone, which is Buspar, and Clonazepam, Pam, which is Clonopin. Anti-convulsion drugs such as Primadone, which is Mycelline. Uh, Anti-tuberculosis. Anti-tuberculosis medications such as Azaniazid. Oh, this is, yeah. Speaking of speech issues. <laughs> Antihistamines such as hydroxine, hydrochloride, hydroxine hydrochloride, which is Atarax, and 
Pedro Zizine Amorti, which is Vistaral, diuretics such as Acidosomalide, which is Diamox. Uh, I just can't come up with simpler words like B12, H10. <laughs> just put an M in front of it. It's for multiple sclerosis M1, M2, M3. <laughs> Uh, Botox can help. You can get Botox injections to smooth facial lines and stuff, and stop tremors. You can have surgery done. Two types of surgeries that may help tremors in people with MS is thalamotomy and deep brain stimulation. Which brain stimulation isn't approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Administration, but it has been used successfully for the purpose. Basically, MS tremors that develop for some people can be mild. For up to 15% of those with MS, there can be severe and disabling. While there is no cure for tremors yet, people with MS have ways to reduce the occurrence of tremors and improve function, including physical and occupational therapy, medicine, and lifestyle changes. Yada, yada, yada. Basically, they have no cure and we're stuck with it for life. <laughs> uh, some vitamins and supplements. If you have energy issues and you want to boost energy to help you get through to finish up your winter prep or whatever, get things done around the yard and stuff. There's different ones we can try. Ashwagandha is one of the most important medicinal herbs in Indian. Ayurveda, one of the world's oldest medicinal systems, is thought to increase energy by enhancing your body's resilience to physical and mental stress. I've never heard of it, but I'm interested in checking it out. Yeah, rhodiola. Roja, thought to increase your body's capacity to adapt to stress by easing physical and mental fatigue. They may also help alleviate fatigue in people with depression. COQ10, which is something we've definitely heard of, is a nutrient that your body's cells require to produce energy, aging, aging, certain diseases, and Statin treatment are associated with low levels of CQ10, which may increase feelings of fatigue. CQ10 supplements may help correct this. Vitamin B12 plays an important role in energy production, aging, eliminating animal products from your diet. And diseases affecting the GI tract can all contribute to low levels of B12 and result in fatigue and weakness. Iron, red blood cells require iron to transport oxygen in your body's tissues. Without iron, oxygen delivery to the entire body is limited, which may result in extreme fatigue. A diet low in iron, excessive blood loss, and pregnancy can increase iron needs. Creatine, which if you supplement with creatine, it increases your body's energy stores. This increased Energy allows you to train harder and longer. Citrulline, 
L-citrulline products, nitric oxide, or L-citrulline produces nitrous, nitric oxide in your body, which dilates blood vessels, allowing increased nutrient and oxygen delivery to your body's cells. This can help de- decrease fatigue and plays a role in energy production. Beetroot powder, which I've been trying to get more and more beets into our systems. It contains a compound called nitrate, which relaxes your blood vessels. When used as a supplement, beetroot can increase oxygen delivery throughout your body, allowing you to exercise longer. Longer. Melatonin is an important hormone that plays a role in sleep. Supplementing with melatonin may be an effective way to alleviate insomnia, resulting in improved alertness and decreased fatigue. But watch your melatonin because i get i take 10 milligrams of melatonin gummies they barely do anything i'll take a one milligram melatonin cough drop looking thing and that will put you out and say it's weird i got three milligram dissolvable ones those don't do much i have five milligram pills they don't kick in much but that one milligram cough drop style those things kick in better than anything Tyrosine, T-Y-R-O-S-I-N-E, supplementing with that may help restore levels of neurotransmitters in your body, thereby helping improve mental cognition and energy levels. Caffeine with L-theanine, combining caffeine and L-theanine is an effective way to improve your energy levels while reducing the negative side effects and, and jitters. But those are some ways to try and help with the annoying energy fatigues. And it's like tonight, and we're in a store today to get some tomato juice because I had everything for chili except for that and a yellow onion. But uh, later tonight, we'll do like BLT and stuff. And I'll cook up the, the turkey so I can make some chili on Saturday. It's supposed to be cold all weekend, and then probably do like pull out some salmon for Friday night. I like having fish on Friday, so we're gonna do salmon. But if you're into the chips and you just can't give those chips up, <clears throat> here's some eight of the best healthy chips that you can find uh, Barnana Pink Salt Plantain Chips. Uh, they're basically made with healthy ingredients, including organic plantains, organic coconut oil, and Himalayan pink salt. They're vegan, paleo-friendly, certified organic, and kosher. Yeah, Jackson's Honest Sweet Potato Chips. Uh, sweet potatoes are always good for you. Yeah, it's safe and fair olive oil and sea salt popcorn quinoa chips. These are the quinoa is a big thing to get in your body and stuff. A lot of these chips you can find at places like Michael's. Or is it Michael's? Or Marshall's, I think it's called. Marshall's and all the little combining. Stores that work with them, you'll find them. 
and some of your better grocery stores. Uh, Lesser Evil Paleo Puffs. Uh, These are like a cheese puff style uh, chip, and they're high in sodium and calories. Yeah, Made in Nature Veggie Pops. These snack balls are created from a nurturing mix of ingredients, including kale, chickpeas, bell peppers, cauliflowers, almonds, and sunflower seeds. And they're high in protein and fiber, which helps boost your fullness factor. Siete, uh, S-I-E-T-E, tortilla chips. Tortilla chips are used a lot in many of the things that we enjoy. Brad's veggie chips. You get those. I'm sure there are different flavors using a variety of vegetables. Forager Project Project Grain Free Green Chips. Looks like they use a lot of stuff like kale, spinach, and stuff like that. Coconut oil, sesame seeds. But uh, yeah, there's some chips for you to look up. But I do like going to those the Marshall's plate style place. I can't think of all the off. Branches, other ones that are combined with that, but uh, they have a good variety of different healthier style chips, ones made of beets and stuff like that, different vegetables, kale and stuff. So, if you're looking for something like that, check those out and get away from those crappy chips that have no nutritional value at all for us. We're running out of time here, real quick, so you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you later.